0: I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Well, it's a long, long journey to the Capitol City. It's a long, long wait while I'm sitting in committee. But I know I'll be a law someday. At least I hope and pray that I will. But today I am still just a bill. Today I'm very happy to have as my guest Mark quarter of scoutingohio.com. Mark is the founder, owner, CEO. basically all things scoutingohio.com It's his business and has been for 15 years now Mark and I have known each other a long time going back to when he started the business, one of my good friends in the business and just happy to have you join us today, Mark.
1: Well, it looks like during a pandemic, you're busting out the all-star team, so I'm I'm proud to be a part of that. He must have had to look pretty far down the well to find me today, so
0: <laughs> I can't
1: wait to talk some Ohio State sports You have plenty of time to do it.
0: I'm really glad to have you on board here today, and let's begin with the college football season. Uh, you and I have talked about this, about a possible delay in the college football season. Uh, we've even talked about it all the way out to the springtime for the start of the college football season and you you talk to the college coaches a lot you know what are you getting vibe wise on on the college football season and when it will start
1: you you know that's a good word to use vibe you know because we're not doctors we don't have you know all the science to know what's going on really with this pandemic so people have feelings and they have hunches and vibes and um i saw you know kirk kerbstreet tweeted something about a plan for college football in the spring and you know, you've talked to college coaches and, and the words they're using are contingencies. You know, I think you know, everyone knows how valuable these sports seasons are, whether it's baseball, football, whatever, pro, college, high school. Um and they don't want to lose it. And it you know, they're they're desperate not to lose it and they're being creative from coaching to virtual online tours of the campus and they're doing everything they can not to you know, lose football or let it slip at all, the product slip, and, you know, the, that, that type of stuff. So, yeah, you know, there's there's a plan where if, you know, we can't get football in in the fall, you know, hey, let's play it in March, April, May, and maybe a national championship right after that, and, you know, you still have football. Yeah, it's a shame that it's going to compete with other sports, and, you know, but, you know, at the end of the day, fans want their football. You know, they that stadium needs to be filled, and, you know, people need to get back to normal
0: let's hope that happens sooner rather than later it's hard for me to imagine uh not having a college football season uh come the fall or 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 even waiting until march or whatever that's just hard to imagine and i know it is for you too so let's hope for the best um let's um let's turn to a little different topic um you know you and I have talked about the talent level in Ohio as compared to say ten or fifteen years ago, or you know i gosh i've been doing this thirty three years i think now, and you know what the talent level was back then as, as compared to say fifteen years ago to say now and and i've that question comes up on on bucknuts you know what's the talent level compared to say ten or fifteen years ago? That's in Ohio yeah. right now. I know no, you're you're well aware of that. So, what's your feeling there?
1: Yeah, ironically, I'll I'll give out some stats and some numbers that'll help make an argument either way. But I went back and I graduated in '91, and I looked at some of the 1990 news clippings about kids going to college back then. And in Youngstown, uh, we had an all-star game here in Youngstown. and We probably had 20 or 25 Division One football players in that game, and a lot of them were Mac players, but there were Michigan players in town and. Uh, great kuzma was the ohio state player in town and uh, craig powell back then and we had two ohio state players in town you know uh in the past couple years youngstown has struggled to produce one division one football player in the entire town so if you want to go back 15 years or so when i started uh cardinal mooney probably had seven division one football players on one team and urson probably had five or six and the names are like john simon and uh, Beacham and Michael Zordich and Dan McCarthy and uh, Marlowe going to uh, Nebraska. And, it, I mean, it was an unbelievable run of talent 15 years ago. Uh, obviously, Youngstown is not a great case study because of the population decline. And, you know, obviously the football is going to decline with it. But I want to say about uh, every day on signing day, I tweet out the numbers of Division One signees. And I think this year we were around 110. And last year might have been around 115. Uh, about eight or nine years ago, we were around 168. Uh, so we've definitely dropped off. Now, that shouldn't make Ohio State fans nervous because that's a total number. You know, and, and the Academies, Army, Navy, uh, Air Force, they give out a lot, of, a lot of scholarships in that number of 115. And if you take those away, you're probably under 100. Um Ohio still ranks right there after the California, Texas, Florida, Georgia, Ohio. You know, they're still there. But why Ohio State fans shouldn't worry is the top players in Ohio aren't affected by the bottom end numbers. In fact, the, the elite training and the elite programs in Ohio, don't worry about those. They're producing great players. They have great rope break programs, they have great coaches. The the five star, four star prospects coming from Ohio have not diminished by any means. So Ohio State is not affected by, you know, low end Mac recruiting, you know, division two, you know, academy recruiting. But when you ask about total numbers, football in Ohio, why that is a decline, and I know I'm long-winded here, is numbers are down in football in general, you know, and that's a whole another topic. I and mean, I have young kids, and I see the Pee Wee leagues, and I see the, the the youth leagues, and the seventh and eighth grade teams, JV teams, freshman teams, and it's not shocking for anyone to hear that an alarming amount of freshman and JV games are being canceled because high school teams simply don't have great numbers for freshman and JV teams. And that hurts development, and that hurts the product and the numbers. So that's why you see the total number down, but the haves have it, and the have-nots will struggle. So the haves, meaning like top five-star prospects, top Division one programs, they're not struggling. <laughs> you know, the the good players are still there, and they're being developed at a high, high level. So long answer for your question, but I think everybody's got time right now.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, <laughs> that's that's true, and uh, and that your your answer, Mark, leads me into my next question. You know, talking about the elite players in Ohio, and you Ohio State basically has landed those guys. Um, you look at their or I should say, their commitment list right now, and they have 17 commitments. Um, and of those 17, seven are from Ohio, and five, the top five players in ohio in the 247 sports rankings have all committed to ohio state so uh they're doing just fine with the top kids like you like you mentioned and the top kids are outstanding got jack sawyer Jaden ballard reed Carrico, mike hall and ben Crispin. they've all committed to ohio state those top five guys so talk uh, about that group uh, of of players you know headed to ohio state the really top elite guys there
1: yeah and you know as uh, it the- it's not a great group to make my case in point, but the Pickerington's, the Massillon-Washington's, the LaSalle's, those are big-time programs year in or year out. They're always going to produce the big-time players. Like I said, those programs aren't struggling. But you see a Streetsboro and an Ironton and places like that producing Ohio State player, you know, that's those places are developing players too. You know, like Ohio doesn't have a a problem developing top-level Ohio State players. And then when these players do reach the field, Ohio State's, uh, production on the field is not, you know, suffering. It's not like they're struggling when the win the Big Ten all of a sudden because, you know, Ohio football is down at the bottom end. So, the, you know, there's never been really a re- problem recruiting, and you're talking about the number one class in the country. It's, it's really, you know, elite at, at all
0: levels. And, you know, I've seen Jack Sawyer play, um, gosh, I'd say five times in person in the last, Two years, I'm guessing. Um, uh, your impressions of, of of Jack and what he's going to be at Ohio State?
1: Yeah, like you know, talking to you about Ohio State guys is so like refreshing, and never we're doing this so much. And you know, in my business, just to take a little aside, like I'm I'm watching the MAC players and the Division two players, and I'm trying to come through those guys and you know find the best of the best in those groups because guys like Jack Sawyer and Jaden Ballard and uh, Jalen they're they're off the charts in my book, you know, compared to the other Ohio players. They're, they're such a rung and a cut above talent-wise, size-wise, maturity-wise. You know, they have it in the classroom. I mean, I, it reminds me of what it takes to be an Ohio State player and why the guys you just mentioned are so elite. I mean, they, they're the no-brainers of no-brainers, and I know that's a cliche, but, I mean, Jack Swartz, since a freshman, sophomore, you know, it's been a no-brainer. You know, Jaden Ballard – is unbelievable for a high school receiver. The size and the speed and the dominance he can, you know, either, that state championship or with uh, the the secondary from LaSalle, which is as good as any secondary I've seen since Glenville versus the Massillon receivers was awesome. You know, like in a, a scout's mind to see that type of talent on that type of talent. And both sides put on a show. They both made plays and, you know, it was a great, great game. You know, it, it really speaks to, you know, how Ohio State has you know, I've always said it. They don't recruit high school players. They recruit NFL draft picks, and they look at their players and project them ahead three years and say, "Is this what the NFL is going to want as a first, second round draft pick?" You know, we not an NFL free agent, not you know something like that. We want uh, we don't have to settle for anything less than that. You know, and, that, and that's true with these guys.
0: And you referred uh quick uh, a little bit there to Jalen Johnson, Cincinnati. Uh, LaSalle defensive back uh, you know I've seen him play in person and I really like that kid I I I think he's going to be an outstanding safety for the Buckeyes um, um, he tells me he has been recruited all the way as a safety for Ohio State what do you see in Jalen Johnson
1: yeah I was peeking at my evaluation of him and it was real easy to see in person he's better than everybody he lines up against right now he's a physical specimen you know he's He's bigger than the Duran Grants and guys. I'm thinking they went to Ohio State in the past. Uh, Garyon Conley, he comes off as a thicker, solid, you know, player build wise, but he's got so much speed and hitting ability. It's almost like it's too much at corner in high school, and at safety, he just dominates anything he sees, whether it's tackling or running. I mean, he could flip the offense and be a big time running back or a receiver tomorrow morning if he had to. You know, I don't know if at Ohio State level, but this is a special, special athlete back there. And that whole secondary in LaSalle, every one of them is just unbelievable. It's it's unbelievable how much talent is in one place for
0: secondary guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, you got
0: Jalen Johnson gonna play safety, I state. His teammate, Devontae Smith, is gonna play corner.
1: It's it's really it's truly remarkable. And I, and I think even more about Jalen, he has corner skills at safety and vice versa. The other guy has safety skills at corner, which is unbelievable. So you have a corner that hits like a safety and a safety that covers like a corner. You know, wow, that's that's what Ohio State football is, and that's what lets them get away with those coverages and defenses, you see.
0: Well, let's move now to to the class of 2022. Uh, Ohio State has offered three players in that class from the state of Ohio, offensive lineman Taker Shabola, uh, linebacker Gabe Powers, and then athlete C.J. Hicks, who they're recruiting uh, primarily as a linebacker. Uh, talk about those three.
1: Yeah, um, Hicks, I think, is a linebacker. You know, I've, I watched him a tailback. I watched him line up a corner, and I've watched him grow right through those positions. You know, like as a freshman, he looked like a corner. As a sophomore, he looked more like a safety linebacker. And the word defensive end, you know, uh, Tyvus Powell had that long build like that. Uh, the linebacker Josh Perry had that long build like that. So you might see that type of development with him. You know, really a special player. Um, the other guys, Tegra, big road grader inside. Um, I'm looking ahead at that class even more because that's where I'm focusing at my mm-hmm. business. You know, the class of 2021 is done. Now it's 22, 23 guys. And you know what? At the top, because those guys are easier to pick out. There are a few names that are really you know, kind of popping out to you. There's even the kid Finley, I think you guys have, you know, uh, featured before Luke Montgomery. I mean, are yep. these guys, do I do I put the blessing on them as sophomores and freshmen usually and say they have to, you know, offer right away like a place like Ohio State? No, but that's certainly the name of guys. Uh, Derek Shepard, you know, over at Alter, you know, the, the teammate of uh, the corner we just talked about. He's blown up a little bit is the word. Um, Blake Miller is a kid I've been following since eighth grade, the, the offensive lineman at Strongsville. And when I saw him in eighth grade, I thought he was a junior in high school, a division one junior in high school. So he's just unbelievably built for his size. And, uh, CJ Doggett over at uh, Pickerington, you know, he's blown up a little bit lately. And I think college coaches are, are, who traditionally weren't dipping into sophomores have time to now and have the resources to, and I think you're going to see more of those offers come out uh that weren't traditionally names that were offering sophomores. Usually Ohio State always leads the charge of the sophomore-freshman evaluations and getting those guys on campus and, you know, in that race where I think because of the situation we're in, Coaches simply just have more time on their hands to do this stuff, whether it's expanding their own recruiting area or if you're a running back coach and all of a sudden now you're watching receivers and tight ends and, you know, positions you weren't normally watching. I think there's a lot of that going on right now.
0: Well, to wrap things up, just give our listeners a, a brief overview of exactly how how you do things, what you do at scoutingohio.com, and who, who do you do it for?
1: Yeah, you know, you mentioned when we started back in 2005, I remember some of the first players I covered were Brandon Sane. And I was brought up by, you know, old school guys, you know, when I got in this business, whether it's people know John McAllister and Dwayne Long and, of course, Bill Green and I started back, I think, in 2005 together when he was with J.J. Huddle and coming into contact with you and Gary House too. I mean, when I got into this a long time ago, there were a group of guys that I watched that they have work ethic in this sports business. And... How do you apply that work ethic to a business? And, you know, what we've really come up with over the years is we're approved by the NCAA to scout the state of Ohio, and we provide a report. And when we started Bill, it was a top 200, and we put those on DVD, and it was, like, revolutionary. (laughs) No one had ever seen anything like it. Now it's, like, a top 3,000, and it's done in spreadsheets and uh, databases, and it's online, and there's, you know, there's so much to it that it's you know the analytics that even go into it these days that it's changed and i've been lucky to stay a part of it and try to stay even on the forefront pushing it a little harder but at the end of the day you know like i'm scouting any prospect from pearly division three to division one in ohio and i really try not to miss a player you know in person and Fridays, saturdays uh, thursday nights i'm in as many games as i can just putting eyeballs on people and really making sure when a coach says a kid's 6'2", that when I stand next to him, he's actually 6'2". You know, I don't mean to be long-winded, but, you know, you're not going to drive down to Ironton every year unless I tell you, hey, you need to go down there this year. Or, you know what, I went down and stood next to that linebacker, and he's only six foot tall. You don't need to make the extra two-hour drive, coach. You know, so a uh, grad assistant is what I call myself at the end of the day for the coaches. I do a lot of the dirty work, but, you know, lucky to do it.
0: Well, speaking of lucky... We uh, are fortunate to have you on the show today, Mark. Uh, always good catching up with you. Like I've said, one of my good friends from the business uh, for 15 years or so. And uh, great having you out here today to give out your knowledge, and uh, we really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, stay safe, and uh, stay safe the Buckeye Nation. Nice to hear from you guys.